evening, everybody. Welcome to the Sports Beat with Richard Holdridge, presented by Georgia Alabama Sports Live. Just a reminder that you are listening to us on WQEE 99.1 FM, the key out of Noonan. And we have got just a fantastic show for you today. I can't believe today is the day. Week one in the NFL, we got a Thursday night game coming up. The Detroit Lions taking on the Kansas City Chiefs. There's so much to get into in this show. We're going to talk about Foundry FC. Yes, I was at the press conference today. I will get into the new team that's in the National Indoor Soccer League for Columbus. We also have Nick Bosa getting paid, one of the top defensive ends in all of football. He should be ready as the 49ers will take on the Pittsburgh Steelers. And I make picks. I make picks for week one. And I'll also talk about fantasy football. Also, we have high school football and college football, and we will get into all of it. I promise you, this is going to be a very jam-packed show with all the sports that you can handle, and I'm glad that I'm able to come to you on Facebook Live and on the YouTube channel. Go ahead and like that Facebook page, The Sports Beat with Richard Holdridge, and while you're at it, while you're liking that Facebook page, Swing over to Georgia Alabama Sports Live and like that Facebook page too, as I'm a part of Georgia Alabama Sports Live. And also subscribe to the YouTube channel for the Sports Beat and Georgia Alabama Sports Live. I'm excited because I'm going to be calling it the Shaw Northside game with Thrift Barringer at Kinnett Stadium. Kickoff at 7 p.m. You can catch the live stream on Georgia Alabama Sports Live's Facebook page and YouTube channel. The battle for North Columbus. Shaw comes in one and two on the season, taking on the Northside Patriots, who are two and one. It's their homecoming. You know that the Northside fan base is going to make an appearance at Kennett Stadium, and they do have passionate fans that are going to fill up that home side of Kennett Stadium. Shaw is also home to Kennett Stadium, even though they have not played a true home game yet. The Shaw fans are going to be over on the other side. And this is really a fun rivalry. I cannot wait to call this game with Thrift Behringer. All right, I do want to talk about Foundry FC. We have a brand new soccer team in the National Indoor Soccer League. And I just happen to be at the press conference. You know, being the voice for the Columbus Rapids for the past two years, I felt that I needed to be there. Mainly it was because I was curious. Look, I know that there's a lot of Rapids fans out there, including myself, that have gotten on this podcast. I've had plenty of former Columbus Rapids here on this podcast. I enjoy doing the coach shows. Look, we miss the Rapids. I mean, this officially closes the door on just an incredible indoor soccer franchise, and they have been the darlings here in the Fountain City, had a a men's team and a women's team, and it was incredible. We're still going to have indoor soccer in Columbus. I know it's not going to be called the Columbus Rapids. And I don't know why they're changing the name, but they wanted to go in a different direction. They wanted to have a new clean slate. And I admit, I'm optimistic. It could work out. But I did have a chance to talk to the commissioner of the NISL after the press conference. I told him that I was the voice of the Columbus Rapids for the past two seasons. And I'm hoping that they get somebody in there to start a new chapter in their broadcasting career, kind of like what I did two years ago 
when I was offered the position to be the voice of the Columbus Rapids. And it really has just taken off like wildfire calling for the Columbus Lions and calling for the high school game of the week last year on CTV Beam. Now to Georgia Alabama Sports Live. And it's really been a great partnership. But I think it's time for me to move on. As much as I love calling indoor soccer, it's going to be a little different. I mean, I might go to some games. And you got to remember, I mean, we all love the Rapids in this town. But remember, the Cottonmouths left. And then two years later, the Columbus River Dragons came. Not quite the same situation, but still, we have indoor soccer here in the Fountain City. we got a brand new team in Albany, the Albany Aces. We also have Magic City SC. Those are the two new expansion teams to enter the NISL. And so right now we're at seven teams, and there is plans for an eighth team. So in the 2024 season in the NISL, there will be eight teams. Moving on, uh, just a big shout-out to just the Jordan Red Jackets and their staff and their community. Just a wonderful tribute. For those of you who don't know, the Napier family suffered a tragedy. And Jimmy Napier, his wife, the kid, they were honored at the Jordan softball game yesterday. And I just want to say a special prayer to the Napier family. And I can't imagine what they're going through right now. And that Jordan community is really hurting. And you got to remember, you know, this is a very tight knit community and the Jordan Red Jackets are our family and they are going to support their own. And, and that was a very special tribute at the softball stadium yesterday. All right, moving on to some news in the NFL offseason because we have not officially started week one yet. I'm going to break down week one and I'm going to make picks. But Nick Bosa got paid. This makes me very happy as a San Francisco 49ers fan. Five years, $170 million. He is the highest paid defensive in. I mean, he got Aaron Donald money. And Nick Bosa is going to be the pass rusher that the 49ers need just about every year. He is good for double-digit sacks. He was the MVP on the defensive side. He's won defensive rookie of the year. He has made an impact. For the 49ers, when it comes to a pass rush, the 49ers, other pass rushers do not form pressure like Nick Bosa does. Remember 2020 when Nick Bosa got hurt and he was out for the season? Well, the 49ers missed the playoffs that year. That's how much of an impact Nick Bosa has. And he should start week one against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Right now, the 49ers are a two-point favorite. And I know there was talks that George Kittle was banged up. There were talks that Jake Moody, the kicker, might not be a go. We do know that Ray Ray McLeod is going to be a go. I'm going to pick this game later in the show. This is a this is a toss-up game. It could go either way. But uh, you'll have to find out to see uh, what my picks are. Hey, I have my fantasy football draft tonight. Uh, I, I actually set it to auto-pick. Uh, I'm actually happy. Uh, I did get Justin Fields and Tua Tungavailova, so I'm not sure which quarterback I'm going to start. Uh, but we shall see. I mean, I got uh, Freer Mouth, the tight end from uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers, and uh, Najee Harris also got him on my fantasy team as well. 
Uh, I got the Dolphins defense. I mean, that's not a bad defense. Jalen Ramsey has been added to the team this year. I think the Dolphins are going to be the surprise team in the league. Uh, they look really good. And when Tua was healthy, remember the Dolphins were 8-3 and three last year. So that's something to wrap your head around as we get ready for the National Football League tonight. I can't wait. The Detroit Lions, the Kansas City Chiefs. I'm excited that football is back, but I have a dilemma on Sunday because the Falcons play at one against the Panthers and the 49ers also play at one against the Steelers. This is why I get the NFL red zone and I will just hit record. Because I have some other things going on on Sunday, I will make sure that I record the games and I will be watching them after my engagement. And I cannot wait for football in the National Football League. Remember, I have my high school football reaction show Saturday mornings. It'll be aired at 8 o'clock in the morning. Then I get up early Sunday morning and I have my college football reaction shows. And then Monday morning, I'll have my regular show, but it'll be an NFL reaction show. But Thursdays is the day where I make picks in the National Football League and I give you fantasy advice because I know that there are some talks. What defense should I play? Should I start Najee Harris against the 49ers defense? What about Justin Fields going up against the Green Bay Packers? Who knows? I think maybe Aaron Rodgers might be a sleeper fantasy quarterback as well. So let's go ahead and get into some of the matchups here on the sports beat. NFL week one. I already talked about the Detroit Lions and the Kansas City Chiefs. The Chiefs are four and a half point favorite. They will probably not have Chris Jones and they probably will not have Travis Kelsey. I think that Travis Kelsey might have a bone bruise. If that's the case, he's a tough guy. He could end up going. But do not be shocked if Patrick Mahomes just makes his wide receivers. They don't have a true wide receiver. Sky Moore, even though I have him on my fantasy team, I think I might start him. Sky Moore might be their number one receiver. You got Marquez Valdez-Scantling. Kadarius Tony, they don't have a number one receiver after letting Tyreek Hill go. Juju Smith Schuster is no longer there. They still won a Super Bowl without Tyreek Hill. If Travis Kelsey is not in the lineup, I still think Patrick Mahomes can find a way to put up points. But if Chris Jones is not on the D line for Kansas City, can Detroit with that offensive line? Run the football with Jameer Gibbs. Can they keep Patrick Mahomes on the sideline? I cannot wait for this game. This is going to be an exciting game. The first game, Thursday night, it's always the defending Super Bowl champions. The Chiefs are going to come out. They're going to reveal their championship banner. They're going to give their players the rings. And they're going to come out and play some football. And Detroit's going to be ready for them because I think the Detroit is one of those teams that could sneak up on people. Remember, they have not won the division since 1991. The last time they won a playoff game was 1991. They went all the way to the NFC Championship where they lost to that Washington team, you know, that used to be called something. Anyway, 
Let's go to Sunday. The Texans taking on the Baltimore Ravens. You know the Ravens? J.K. Dobbins is back. Odell Beckham Jr. Lamar Jackson's got a new contract. He's got weapons. Patrick Queen, great middle linebacker. The Ravens overall have a balanced team. They're going up against a rookie coach in D'Amico Ryans, C.J. Stroud, who hasn't really looked all that great in preseason, and a bunch of nobodies. Yes, they do have Dalton Schultz, which I also have on my fantasy team, by the way. I think that Baltimore wins, and they win big. They are a nine-and-a-half-point favorite at home. Remember, Baltimore is great at home. you got to factor that in. This is a game that I'm really excited about. Cincinnati Bengals taking on the Cleveland Browns. I think the Browns improved just slightly with Deshaun Watson. Nick Chubb, that's a pretty good combination, and Cleveland does have a good offensive line. David Njoku as the tight end. And then they have uh, Lad Peoples-Jones and Amari Cooper as the wide receivers. I think that the Cleveland Browns have a pretty good team. They are playing at home, but it is the Bengals. The Bengals are a team that a lot of people like to reach the Super Bowl. But the key is Joe Burrow's got to stay healthy. But Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, that's a great one-two combo as the receivers. And their offensive line continues to improve because the Cincinnati Bengals know that they got to protect Joe Burrow. He did get injured in the preseason. He is starting to throw. He might be available against the Cleveland Browns. So that's something to watch out for. And then you have the team that seems to be rebuilding. Baker Mayfield's going to be the starter. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Mike Williams, Mike Evans is unhappy. Um, and, and, and really a melancholy shout out to the Mike Williams family. That, that was such a tragedy. The former Buccaneers Buffalo bills wide receiver recently passed away. Uh, he played at Syracuse and, uh, just want to say thoughts and prayers to his family, but the Tampa Bay Buccaneers taking on the Minnesota Vikings, Kirk cousins, when he's not playing in primetime games, he's actually pretty good. And Justin Jefferson, a lot of people picked him on their fantasy team. I think that Justin Jefferson is the best wide receiver in all of football. And they don't have Dalvin Cook, but the Vikings should be fine. I think the Vikings win this game. But I don't think Baker Mayfield is going to be as bad as you think he is. All right, you got the Tennessee Titans taking on the New Orleans Saints. It's a new era in New Orleans with David Carr. Alvin Kamara is going to be suspended. And Michael Thomas, who knows? He might not show up. Chris Olave, pretty good wide receiver. Jarvis Landry, the Saints have some weapons. And the Tennessee Titans, we know that Ryan Tannehill is the starting quarterback, but Will Levis is there in the waiting. And then Malik Willis is their third-string quarterback. But Trayvon Burks, I like Trayvon Burks. Derrick Henry is still there. As long as the Titans are running the football with Derrick Henry, they can beat anybody. I saw the Tennessee Titans go into Kansas City and give Kansas City the business. They have beaten the Rams before. They 
have beaten the Bills. They know how to beat these good teams. I think the Saints are not that good team. I think that Dennis Allen is a very good defensive coordinator. I don't think he's a head coach, but I do think the Saints win this game. Panthers and Falcons. Look, the Falcons, this game could go either way because the Falcons are capable of beating Carolina up in Charlotte. And Charlotte, some from time to time, will beat the Falcons in Atlanta. It's at the Mercedes-Benz Stadium. <clears throat> it's a 1 o'clock kickoff. My thoughts on this game are that I hope that the fans fill the stadium. Otherwise, since the Falcons have been in the Mercedes-Benz Stadium, they have not had home field advantage. But if Desmond Ritter is the quarterback, he needs to show some things. He needs to step up. He needs to have a great game against a very good Panther defense. Frank Reich is now the head coach in Carolina. Carolina seems to be a favorite for a lot of people to win the division. Even with a rookie quarterback, remember, they don't have DJ Moore. They don't have Christian McCaffrey. They still have Chubba Hubbard. They still have a very good defense. And Bryce Young is going to find ways to get them involved. But I think the Falcons end up winning this game. <coughs> it's going to be close. I think this game is going to be close. All right. Was there not a hotter team than Jacksonville last year? Trevor Lawrence was firing on all cylinders, and I think they could have beat the Chiefs last year in the playoffs. It was very close. Travis Ntien, very good running back. I think Tank Bigsby is a very good, solid number two behind Travis Ntien. And they have Calvin Ridley. This was a steal from the Atlanta Falcons. The Colts, starting Anthony Richardson, more than likely, even though they're playing at home. I think the Jaguars win this game. <clears throat> you have to bear with me here. 49ers taking on the Steelers. Some people think that Kenny Pickett is the next best quarterback. You know, taking over for Ben Roethlisberger, it's hard being a Steelers quarterback. But when your coach has not lost, when your coach has not had a losing season, that speaks volumes to what type of coach Mike Tomlin is because he is a great coach. They got a very good wide receiver in George Pickens, a very underrated running back in Najee Harris. Pat Freermouth is a very underrated tight end. And that Steelers defense, when T.J. Watt plays, look out. I think the 49ers are going to have trouble on that right side of the offensive line. I don't trust Colton McKivitz all the way. I think that they've taken a step back on that offensive line. T.J. Watt could have a field day against the Niners, and then Brock Purdy is going to have to watch his right side because remember in the NFC Championship, Hassan Reddick got him on that side. Brock Purdy is going to have to watch his right side, maybe run the football a little bit of Christian McCaffrey, Elijah Mitchell, get that run game going, get George Kittle, if he's available, open and use your weapons. Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk, Jawan Jennings, 
continue to move the football. I don't know what impact Nick Bosa is going to have because he has not played a preseason game and he just signed. He might end up reporting to the team tomorrow and maybe just maybe could get a day of practice in, but he doesn't need it. The 49ers are two and a half point favorites. See, I knew that line would go up once they signed Nick Bosa. They're a two and a half point favorite on the road in a hostile environment in the steel curtain. And I'm calling the upset. It's because I think the Steelers are a very good football team. And the 49ers, they had a lot of drama, a lot of noise in the offseason with Trey Lance. The 49ers fans might not be sold on Brock Purdy, even though I think that Brock Purdy is going to have a good game. I don't think he's going to have a terrible game, but this is just too much of the Steelers playing at home, playing in a hostile environment and having a great defense because TJ Watt's going to be healthy. Joe Hayden, great corner. Minka Fitzpatrick. I mean, the Steelers have has, they've got some great players on defense and a much more improved offense. Cause I think that George Pickens is going to take a step forward and be a pro bowl wide receiver. So the Steelers win, but it's going to be close. Well, the Arizona Cardinals taking on the Washington Commanders. I don't think anybody in their right mind was looking forward to this game. Josh Dobbs has been named the starter in Arizona. The Washington Commanders have Sam Howell. Look, Commanders fans are a believer in Sam Howell. They're a believer in Eric Bieniemy as an offensive coordinator. Sam Howell's got weapons. Terry McLaurin. You got Brian Robinson Jr. as the running back, a very good O-line, and a very underrated defense with Montez Sweat and Chase Young. The Commanders should win this game. I mean, they're playing at home. I think it's because of their division they're in. Ron Rivera is a good coach, but he's on the hot seat. This is the year if Sam Howell can get the job done. A lot of people are a firm believer in Sam Howell that he is a good quarterback. All right, so those are all the 1 o'clock games. Now let's go into the 4 o'clock games, the 4.30 games. The Las Vegas Raiders, the Jimmy G era, begins in Vegas, taking on Russell Wilson, Sean Payton. That era begins in Denver. I think that Russell Wilson gets the win. It's at home. Sean Payton's a good coach. He's got something to prove. Dolphins and Chargers. Boy, this is going to be a fun game. I'm hoping if you look at you know Dolphins and Chargers or Eagles and Patriots, I'm hoping that the primetime game is Dolphins and Chargers because you got Tua Tungavailova going up against Justin Herbert. But majority of America is going to get Eagles-Patriots. It's just the way it is. And that's kind of a shame because – I don't think the Patriots are really all that good. The Eagles are pretty good. Jalen Hurts is going to continue being a top five quarterback. Look at what he did in the Super Bowl. I don't think the Eagles drop off that much, but I do think that they're right there with the 49ers as the two best teams in the NFC. You got the Packers and Bears. <laughs> Fingers crossed. I got Justin Fields on my fantasy team. Is the Packers? completely sold on Jordan Love because the Packers have a good team around them. 
Jordan Love. He's got Randy Watson. He's got Romeo Dobbs. He's got the young receivers that Aaron Rodgers didn't want to throw to for some reason. But you also have Aaron Jones. You have a decent defense with Jair Alexander, Rashawn Gary. You have uh, one of the Smith brothers. Uh, yeah, Preston Smith. I think the Ladarius Smith is in Minnesota. Very good game. It's in Chicago. I think the Bears end up winning. They are favored by one. But I just don't think the Packers are going to be as dominant as they were without Aaron Rodgers. They might be down to earth, back to the middle of the pack, maybe going, you know, no pun intended on that one, maybe going nine and eight, eight and nine. All right. Rams and Seahawks. Boy, who... Who did not have the a better offseason than Seattle? Their draft picks. Kenneth Walker, the third, is just only going to get better. You got DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, and Jackson Smith, Jigba. Pete Carroll and that Seahawks organization has put all the faith in Geno Smith. Geno Smith, he's going to prove that he was not a one-hit wonder in Seattle. And Seattle is going to be right there with the 49ers as one of the best teams in the NFC. And the big acquisition that Seattle got was bringing back Bobby Wagner. That was huge for the Seahawks and the 12th man. The Sunday night game, doesn't it seem like it's always Cowboys and Giants? Once again, the Cowboys and Giants, Danny Dimes, you got that big contract, Saquon Barkley. You know, you got some good pieces. The Giants have a very good offensive line. They got Kayvon Thibodeau. They got Leonard Williams. They got a very good defense. Brian Dable in his second year. This game is being played in the Meadowlands. But I think the Cowboys win. Cowboys are a three-and-a-half-point favorite. Look, if the Cowboys don't win, then we have to hear it from local sports talk the next day, especially Skip Bayless, who will just come out and he will trash the Cowboys. But if the Cowboys win, he is on cloud nine and he is the happiest person out there. So it's funny to listen to the media after the Cowboys lose or win. And then we finally have the Monday night game, the Buffalo Bills taking on the New York Jets, the debut of Aaron Rodgers. Wow, that's got to be exciting. So I went through the NFL week one. This is really a special time to go over football, but why don't we go ahead and take a break? We're going to take a break here on the show. We're going to go pay some bills. When we come back, I'm going to talk about college football week two. You don't want to go anywhere. It's a sports beat with your holders. We'll be right back. Active Pest Control offers the best services and prices to protect your home. Offering both monthly and quarterly pest control services, plus specific services like bed bug, German roach, and flea control. Even if you can't see them, insects are all around you 24-7. Active Pest Control wants to be the first line of defense. Active Pest Control. Repair. Bond. Best termite coverage around. Active Pest Control. 34 Jefferson Street, Noonan. 770-954-9941.
It's the best in sports and entertainment. And get locked in and locked down with Rhino Radio Penitentiary, 7 a.m. to 10 a.m. with your host, me, Ryan O'Neill, each and every morning, right here with the best in sports and entertainment, all the way from professional sports to college sports to River Dragons hockey and everything in between, including some of the very best local and national guests. It's the Rhino Radio Penitentiary, 7 a.m. to 10 a.m., Monday through Friday, right here on 99.1 FM WQEE. After a few drinks, I'm taking it slow. Well, you're not fooling the cop behind you. What? Get ready to pay in .1 miles. Getting pulled over for buzz driving could cost you around $10,000 in fines, legal fees, and increased insurance rates. Nothing kills a buzz like getting pulled over for buzz driving, because buzz driving is drunk driving. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Tune in each Sunday morning right here on WQEE 99.1 FM for the key for help from a high with Bishop Daniel Hardaway Sr. of Redemptive Life Worship Center at 9 a.m. Hear the word of God and soak it in. You can join us for our live Sunday service at 10 o'clock a.m. till 12.30 p.m. at Redemptive Life Worship Center at 2265 Highway 54 in Marlin, Georgia. Have a blessed week. Welcome back to the Sports Beat with Richard Holdridge, presented by Georgia Alabama Sports Live. And you are listening to us on WQEE 99.1 FM, the key, home of Southern sports in Noonan, Georgia. That's exciting to be part of the Metro Atlanta market. And I love this show. Been doing the show for about three and a half years. I always love it when it's football season because I am passionate about high school football, college football, and the NFL. And I love talking about football. We do have some college games, some big college games. We have a top 10 game later Saturday night. I will be glued in front of the TV to watch Texas and Alabama. But let's go ahead and start with Thursday night, tonight. Murray, Murray State, the Racers, taking on the Louisville Cardinal, Louisville uh, after getting a comfort behind win over Georgia Tech. And then on Friday, you got Indiana State, the Sycamores, taking on Indiana. You know, their defense actually held Ohio State to 23 points, not too bad. And then Illinois taking on Kansas. Those are the Friday games. Saturday's games uh, starting at 11 a.m. Boy, these Kickoff times just get earlier and earlier every year. Vanderbilt and Wake Forest on the ACC Network. You got Ball State taking on Georgia on the SEC Network at noon. And don't be fooled. This is a noon kickoff. Hopefully Georgia can ride the ship and they don't come out flat like they did against UT Martin. And they get a convincing win because if they don't, they could fall in the rankings because... I think that Florida State could easily make an argument for being the number one team in the country because of what they did against LSU. Youngstown State and Ohio State, it's the Maurice Claret Bowl or the Jim Trussell Bowl, however you want to call it. Delaware and Penn State. You got Notre Dame on the road against NC State. Utah taking on Baylor. 
Baylor with that heartbreaking loss to TJ Finley in Texas State. Utah, pretty confident after beating Florida, but the the situation with Cam Rising, we don't know if he's going to play against the Baylor Bears. Troy taking on Kansas State. Both teams are one and one. Nebraska taking on the Colorado Buffaloes. And you don't think Dion is excited about Colorado's home opener? Colorado, who drew 7 million viewers, has really been the talk of college football on the national level. Delaware State taking on Army. Purdue taking on Virginia Tech. Holy Cross taking on Boston College. James Madison taking on Virginia. This is in Charlottesville. This is going to be a very emotional scene for the Virginia Cavaliers after the tragedy they suffered last year. And this really is going to remind me uh, back in 2007 when Virginia Tech first had their home opener um, after the Virginia Tech shooting. It was a very somber moment, but they had to play football. It was a healing process. And I'm happy to see Virginia back out on the gridiron for that healing process. South Carolina State taking on Georgia Tech. Georgia Tech let one slip away against Louisville last Friday night. New Hampshire, Central Michigan, Eastern Illinois, Bowling Green, Charleston Southern taking on Clemson. Clemson fell all the way to number 25, and I think that the dynasty is over for the Clemson Tigers. Eastern Kentucky and Kentucky. You know, if Kentucky just continues winning, I start becoming a believer in Devin Leary but their schedule gets a lot tougher. Southern Utah taking on BYU. UNLV taking on Michigan. This is the 330 game on CBS. And UNLV is not very good at football. Jim Harbaugh still suspended for Michigan. Michigan, they beat East Carolina 30 to nothing last week. Mike Hart is going to be the interim coach. But I can't believe this is the 330 game on CBS. This is all they could come up with. But when I look... At uh, on paper, when I see UNLV versus Michigan, I was going back to the early '90s. I would have loved to have seen the early '90s UNLV Runner Rebels taking on the Fab Five Michigan Wolverines. How cool would that be? So anyway, I thought about that when I saw that matchup: UNLV versus Michigan, Ole Miss and Tulane. Yes, both teams are ranked. Tulane, remember they went to the Cotton Bowl last year. They beat USC. They're not a bad team. Texas A&M on the road against Miami. That's going to be a great game. I want to see how this Texas A&M offense with Bobby Petrino works in Coral Gables on the road. You know, if Miami wants to prove that they are a decent team, they got to win this game. They really do. Iowa and Iowa State, that's always a big rivalry game, just as long as they're not betting on their uh, team richmond and michigan state you got utep and northwestern uh, western michigan syracuse miami of ohio against umass texas state taking on texas san antonio you got wagner and navy southern illinois northern illinois texas southern toledo kent state arkansas Marshall, east carolina cal poly san jose state yeah it's a shame I'm not in California anymore. I, I would have got up for that one. Portland State taking on Wyoming after Wyoming with an emotional win over Texas Tech. That's what college football is all about. Austin P taking on Tennessee. 
I want to see how far Joe Milton can throw the football. You got Southeast Louisiana taking on Jake Crane's alma mater, South Alabama. Big shout out to Jake Crane from Crane and Company. Uh, Appalachian State taking on North Carolina. Drake May. Yeah, he's he's a baller. SMU taking on Oklahoma. Oklahoma had a statement win against Arkansas State and Butch Jones. 73 to nothing. Oklahoma's trying to prove a point that they can get back to the top of the mountain in college football. Taking on an SMU team that is set to bolt for the ACC in 2024. Duke is in the rankings at number 21, taking on Lafayette or Lafayette, however you want to pronounce it. We pronounce it Lafayette in Alabama, by the way. Uh, New Mexico State taking on Liberty, 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 without Hugh Freeze, but Liberty is 1-0. Duquesne taking on West Virginia, UAB taking on Georgia Southern, Ohio taking on Florida Atlantic, Louisiana taking on Old Dominion. Morgan State taking on Akron. You have Fordham taking on Buffalo. North Texas taking on Florida International. Cincinnati taking on Pitt. Very underrated game. You got the Big 12 Cincinnati going up against the ACC Pitt. That's actually going to be a pretty good game. Oregon taking on Texas Tech on the road. Let's see. You know, Oregon put up 81 points against Portland State. How many points are they going to put up against Texas Tech? Jacksonville State 2-0 in the FBS, taking on Coastal Carolina. And no, Coastal Carolina is not coached by Coach David Bennett. Remember, you need to be more like a dog. I miss that guy. I, I know that that was my favorite part about Coastal Carolina. Be more like a dog. I'm telling you, I love that. Coastal Carolina, UConn and Georgia State. You got Northwestern, Louisiana Tech. I want to talk about this Texas-Alabama game. Alabama is favored by seven. If Quinn Ewers played the entire game last year, who knows what could have happened. But Bryce Young is not there. Can Jalen Milrow make a play to put Alabama on top? I do think Alabama could win this game by two touchdowns. Bama is still Bama. But if Texas pulls off the upset, are Texas fans going to come out and say we're back? I don't know. What's something to think about? Northwestern State taking on Louisiana Tech, MTSU, and Missouri. You got Houston Christian taking on Western Kentucky. UCF taking on Boise State. Boy, that would have been a fun game like five years ago. Houston taking on Rice. Florida A&M taking on South Florida. Memphis taking on Arkansas State. Idaho taking on Nevada. Grambling taking on LSU. Wisconsin take it on Washington State. That's a 7:30 game on ABC. Remember, the Pac-12 is undefeated. Florida is taking on McNeese on ESPNU. Florida's got to have to get back in the win column. I don't see a scenario if Florida can get to a bowl game if they will lose against teams like Tennessee, Kentucky. Losing at Utah doesn't really help their cause. Let's see what else we got. Charlotte and Maryland. We got Eastern Michigan and Minnesota, Arizona and Mississippi State. I love these Pac-12 SEC matchups. I wish they had more of these. They never play each other in a bowl game for some reason. I don't know why. Temple and Rutgers. You got Furman and South Carolina. UCLA and San Diego State. 
that's a fun matchup. That's a 7.30 game on CBS, uh, Air Force, Sam Houston, Nichols, TCU, Lamar and Louisiana Monroe, Tennessee Tech taking on New Mexico, and then Ohio Idaho State taking on Utah State, Southern Miss taking on Florida State, UC Davis taking on Oregon State, Eastern Washington taking on Fresno State. Remember, Fresno State had a win over Purdue, an upset win. It's always great when Fresno State is good in college football because it gives the average college football fan in California something to cheer for because to this day, I still believe Fresno State has the most passionate fans in California. Stanford and USC. Look, this is not 10 years ago when Stanford was dominating this rivalry. USC is legit. Caleb Williams is running that offense. Even though I don't think USC has a defense, Stanford has just been awful since David Shaw left. And I'm talking, he he was checked out like three years ago. That's what I'm talking about. Let's talk about Auburn and Cal. Yes, Hugh Freeze and Auburn has to make that trip all the way to Berkeley. I still think Auburn wins. But, I mean, come on. <clears throat> Not ideal. Oklahoma State and Arizona State. And then, boy, at midnight. I mean, college football from 11 o'clock in the morning. Well, 10 if you count college game day. All the way to midnight. University of Albany taking on Hawaii. And that was it. Week two. For FBS, I mean, you still have FCS games. I mean, I got time to talk about FCS. I mean, we have Mercer taking on Moorhead State. We do have some games locally as LaGrange College is in action at Callaway Stadium. 6 p.m. taking on Barry College. And then Point University back at home taking on Thomas University. So those Local teams are in action. And then uh, West Georgia taking on Texas A&M Kingsville. That is a team out of NCAA Division II. Same with Shorter University up in Rome. So there is college football in Georgia, not just at the FBS level, but at the FCS level. NCAA Division II, NCAA Division III, and NAIA. Because uh, Point University is in the NAIA. All right, so with that being said, let's go ahead and talk about high school football. I cannot wait. Thrift and I are going to be at Kennett Stadium for Shaw taking on Northside. It is Northside's homecoming. Kickoff at 7. You can catch that game on Georgia-Alabama Sports Live. And then on Friday, we are going to be traveling up to Woodbury, Georgia, for Calvary Christian taking on Flint River Academy. Some of the other games that is going on. And uh, on tomorrow's show, I will have my high school football preview review show. Right now, the leading vote getter for high school game of the week for the sports beat is Beauregard and Valley. And so you voted for it on Twitter. You also have a massive game central on the road. Number two ranked according to the Alabama Riders Association. The number two ranked central team taking on Enterprise, who's ranked number three after a big upset over Auburn, 17-16 to 16 last week. And then you have the Pulpwood Classic, Callaway, taking on Heard County. And then you have Northeast taking on Carver. So 
those games are going on on Friday. Boy, I tell you, we've really flown by this show. I, I haven't really had time to go talk about the Braves. I think right now I'm getting a score update. Yeah, the Cardinals beat the Braves 11-6. to Spencer Strider got roughed up, and the Braves have lost three straight. I still think the Braves are going to be fine, but you lose to one of the worst teams in the National League to the Cardinals. It seems like the Braves can't figure out the Cardinals, and it goes back to, and I'm not trying to ruffle feathers, but it goes back to 2018, that game five where Mike Fultonevich pitched, and they gave up the 10 runs in the first inning. You remember that game? Yeah, the Cardinals have always been a bad matchup for the Braves, and that's why I never want to see the Braves have to play the Cardinals in the postseason. Well, I got to tell you, that is all the time I have here in the show. But it's been a fun show. I've had a great time going on Facebook Live and giving you the sports you deserve. Don't forget that you can catch a replay of this episode Monday through Friday from 2 to 3 on WQEE 99.1 FM, The Key. I hope everybody has a great rest of your night. Be safe out there. Enjoy all the games this week. We will talk to you later. Good night, everybody. Wishbone Fried Chicken is back in a brand new location. 31 Jackson Street, Sweet A here in Noonan. Same great taste. The best chicken around. Fish dinners. Open Monday through Saturday, 10.30 a.m. to 4 p.m. Dine in. Take out. It's Wishbone Fried Chicken. Right next door to their former location, bringing you the best chicken around. So great. Wishbone Fried Chicken, 31 Jackson Street, Sweet A, here in Noonan. Hey, sports fans. It's Rod Peterson here, host of The Rod Peterson Show, inviting you to join us daily for two hours of Atlanta's funnest sports talk right here on WQEE. I say fun because it is. You've never heard a show like it because we make the listeners a part of the show. Every day between noon and 2 p.m. Eastern, you'll hear plenty of the best sports talk, including the latest on the Falcons, the Braves, and more. And who knows, you might even hear you. That's the Rod Peterson Show, daily at noon, right here on WQEE 99.1 FM. Hey, sports fans. Weekdays, 3 p.m. Eastern to 5 p.m. Eastern. Drive time. WQEE. Braves Country is a Southern sports talk show with Mac McGee and the Armchair Quarterbacks. That's Braves Country with Mac McGee and the Armchair Quarterbacks. Weekdays, 3 p.m. to 5 p.m., right here on WQEE 99.1 FM. Welcome back to the Glenwood Football Coaches Show. I am Richard Holdridge for Georgia Alabama Sports Live. And I'm here with the Glenwood head football coach, Ryan Nelson. Coach, it's great being back on the show. This is this is what the viewers get to see. An extra coach, Purdue, did a great job with that interview. And I got to say, I'm happy to be back here at Mike and Ed's Barbecue. Yep. The team's looking good. You're 3-0. Got the win over Fort Dale Academy, 35-7. Coach, tell us how that process was. You, you go 2-0. You have a, a two-hour road trip in Greenville, taking on Fort Dale. What was that process like? First off, Richard, I want to say, how was the barbecue? I seen you when I got here. Oh, you know here, what? <laughs> the barbecue is fantastic, ain't it? It's absolutely fantastic. That's right. They do a great job. Chase does a great job with the barbecue here he in Mike does. and Ed's. Yes. And 
I tell you, I really look forward to coming yes. here. We're here on a Tuesday because yesterday's the right. holiday. And we got to give it to Chase. Chase is absolutely. A, a, a hometown local guy, Mike and Ed, and uh, his dad is Ed Cook. So I want to thank them so much for having us. Barbecue is always wonderful. But to answer your question, Richard, um, you know, it, it was kind of a difficult week for us this past week. Um, you know, anytime you go 2-0, and you know, the, the kind of games we had to play in and get up for and try to play at a high level, not that we had bad practices, not that we had anything bad, it's just the grind of the season. I mean, you go 2-0 and uh, you feel like you beat two pretty good teams and then you have to get on the road and, and travel to Greenville over two hours. And, uh, you know, the weather was – was raining all day. Uh, we got stuck in traffic about three or four different times. Um, so you know, just handling a road trip with new guys and uh, and all that kind of stuff played into a factor. And uh, but you know, just just very very blessed and grateful that we got the win. The be three and nine. And you did get the win over Fordell, thirty-five to seven. But I was here and you talked with Coach Purdue, and there were some mistakes that were right. made, some things that you could clean up. Mm -hmm. But what has impressed you the most about getting a road victory over over a team that was two and zero by right. the way? Fort yeah. Dale much improved from last season, right? And I, I heard you guys talking about Carter Judah, right? A great running back, a sophomore, Camden White also. Mm -hmm. That that duo of running backs that's got to be great when right. you have the hybrid that could come in when uh, when you have. Because it's always good to have depth at the running back position. Correct. And so, just tell us about that Yeah, depth I mean, depth. you know, both of those guys played extremely well. Um, not really, really happy the way we played offensively in the first half. Uh, we had three turnovers, had a lot of drop balls, and, um, you know, had a couple of errant snaps here and there. Ball was a little wet, but, you know, if, if you ask me, it ain't no excuse. We practice in the, in the morning, so it's Dewey footballs, all stuff. But more, more important, I, I can't give enough credit to our defense. And uh, they came out, and, uh, and they kind of just stoned them in the first half. And I think, you know, for the total for the game, I think we give up 56 yards rushing, 150 yards total offense. Uh, they score on the very last position they had on a tip ball that should have been a pick, and it tips up and hits their guys uh, in the hand. So I uh, can't say enough about the way we played, you know, defensively. Very happy, pleased with that. You know, it was a 14 nothing uh, lead at half. And, uh, you know, we felt going to half, it could have been 35 nothing. And uh, so we just had a couple drop balls there that we, we thought were wide open touchdowns. But that's sometimes that's football. But to answer your question, Richard, uh, yes, Carter Judah's playing phenomenal right now. And, uh, you know, one thing about I love what he's doing is he's, 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 he's at practice every day, you know, practicing hard, trying to learn, trying to become a better player. I tell everybody <clears throat> he did really did a good job of working on his body this summer and, and really getting in shape. And uh, so just – Continue to expect high expectations for him, and you know Camden, you know is in there. He's kind of that one one-two punch. Uh, he's kind of like our Aaron Burton was last year, and uh, some several other guys I've had in, in, in my offenses in the past. And uh, so he's kind of a hybrid guy where he plays running back, plays inside receiver, kind of all over the field, also playing corner and safety for us too. So um, yes, yeah, just blessed to have both of those guys along with Dallas and you know and Griff and, and be good and, and Mason and River and Cal. So. Just, you know, try to try to continue to stay deep right there at our skill positions and uh, just hopefully we start, you know, continue to make plays and, uh, you know, hopefully we have a better week this week offensively than we did in the first half last week. Well, Coach, let's talk about your quarterback, Dallas Crow. He was on the show earlier today and just the confidence that he has learning your system in year two and becoming a passer and also a dual threat quarterback. Right. And what does it mean to have a quarterback like Dallas Crow running yeah, offense. Yeah, you know, people say, you know, him being a passer and stuff like that, you know, Richard, he threw for, I think, 28 touchdowns last year. So, I mean, it ain't like it's new to him or anything like that, right. you know. Um, you know, last year, I'll say this, the first, you know, 
I guess the first half of the season, about after about game three or four, he started really getting comfortable of uh, what we're trying to accomplish and what he's trying to do. And, you know, anybody that plays in, in year two uh, should be comfortable. So, you know, it's just guys like that at the quarterback position. You know, usually you see guys play up at, at a higher level uh, as their second, third years in the system. So, uh, but, yes, he's done a great job of managing our offense and uh, doing what we're asking him to do. And, uh, you know, he, he's ran the ball really well. He's threw the ball really well. So, uh, but, you know, I can't say enough about that kid off the field. And what he does in the locker room, what he does in the weight room, what he does at practice. He is the type of kid that brings it every single day. He's a hard, probably the hardest worker or one of the hardest workers we got on our football team. And is a very, very, very mature uh, kid and a, uh, a true leader for our football team. And, Coach, we got to talk about the defense because they've been playing lights out. Yep. Some names that come to mind, Samaje Williams, Lamon Burton. I mean, this defense – Holding Fort Dale to seven points the week before, Brookstone to 17 points. And that, that's got to give your team a lot of confidence knowing that your defense can hold a team to just seven points and give their offense great field position and a, and a chance to win just about in every game. That's correct. I, I think the biggest thing for me is, uh, you know, I told the coach this Sunday, is getting off the field on third downs and tackling. And that's the one thing I think we've really done a good job the first three ball games is you know, third down is what we call money down. We, we're trying to get off the field and get the ball back to our offense, and uh, we did a really good job of that the other night. And uh, and then essentially, you know, we just we're tackling really well, and that's what you got to do when you face offenses like Fort Dale, who's going to get the ball on the perimeter, and they got some athletes. Is uh, you know, we got to we, we got to get to the ball first and tackle, but did a good job of running to the ball and kind of gang tackling last week. All right, coach. You're going on the road again this yeah, Friday. Three in a row. <laughs> Bessemer Academy. It's a three-hour trip. Bessemer played in the Swamp last year. You only got to play them for a half. That's right. Because of the Griffin Montroy <laughs> with, the, with the kick that yeah. kicked the lights out of the stadium. Yeah. But the blackout. You did you did play them on seven on seven. What is the scouting report on Bessemer Academy? What's the team looking like this year? Uh, you know, like I told Dusty, you know, they got some athletes for sure. They got some skill guys, um, good running back, a couple good receivers. Uh, got some really good DBs, got a really good inside linebacker, and uh, you know up front they got a number seven that plays D line that's uh, a young kid, but a, but but a very good player. And uh, so we got to uh, we're gonna have our hands full. We know that. And um, but one thing about us, uh, you know, we talk about this every week is, you know, obviously we're game planning. We're we're, we're gonna be game planning all week and things like that. But <clears throat> we're really worried about us and uh, really worried about what we do in practice, how we're handling our bodies, what we're doing in the weight room. And if we can control what we control, you know, Friday nights, that's all you can't you can control. And uh, so we're really trying to, you know, just work to get better. And, uh, you know, we went back to work yesterday morning. Uh, on Labor Day, we went out early and practiced in the morning. And, uh, you know, so really just trying to get after it and uh, had a, you know, a tough practice right there. So we're just trying to get better still week three or week four. And uh, we know the state championship ain't won in, until November. So regardless of how good your record is right now, and last year we're kind of on the other end, it really doesn't matter. And uh, it matters how, what kind of ball we're going to be playing in October, what kind of ball we're going to be playing in November. And that's our goal right now is to be playing our best ball late. Coach, I'm excited about the team. 3-0 and on this season. Get ready to take on Bessemer Academy. And then we know who's coming to the Swamp in two weeks. But we'll talk about that for next week's show. I'm really looking forward to next week's show, by the way, Coach. Here, Mike and Ed's Barbecue. I want to thank you, Coach Nelson, for being here and having a great interview. And uh, I want to thank uh, Chase for allowing us to be here at Mike sure. and Ed's Barbecue. And it's been a great interview. Yes, thank sir. You so thank much. you so much.
Absolutely. Yes, sir. Go Gators. All right. That was the Glenwood head football coach, head coach Ryan Nelson. I want to thank Thrift Barringer, George Alabama Sports Live, Coach Dusty Purdue. Thank you so much once again, and tune in for next week's show. And don't forget that Thrift and I will be at Kennett Stadium this Thursday night, Shaw versus Northside. So have a great night, everybody. Help protect your family from flu this season by taking three easy steps. First, get yourself and your family a flu shot. It's quick and can protect you all season. Second, take everyday actions to help prevent the spread of germs like flu. Cover your cough, stay home from work or school if you're sick, and wash your hands often. Third, there are drugs that can treat flu illness. These work best when started early. Learn more at cdc.gov slash fight flu. At Jersey Mike's, they slice your order fresh, right in front of you. And let me tell you, watching that can send a rush of emotions through a person. Excitement, impatience, baby-like wonder, indecisive, anticipatory chewing, nervous pacing, happy claps, and finally, jealousy, because that's this guy's sub. I should order one. Good idea. Sliced right in front of you. It's a Jersey Mike's thing. A sub above. When you really need something to get you through a long graduation ceremony, Trolley Sour Gummy Worms are there to give you a thrill. With varieties like Trolley Sour Bursting Crawlers, the worm's soft and chewy texture, surprising flavor combinations, and neon bright colors will give everyone a reason to celebrate. So when you want to notch the festivities up a couple degrees, Trolley Sour Gummy Worms are the perfect way for everyone to celebrate. Shop now for any trolley that crawls your way. You are listening to The Sports Beat with Richard Holdridge, broadcasted on WQEE 99.1 FM The Key from 2 to 3 p.m. Monday through Friday. This is a local podcast that covers Columbus sports and beyond. If you would like to hear more of this podcast, you can download us on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, or Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. And I hope you have a great rest of your day.